everybody. It's glad you guys are here. It's like we're dead this morning. We're like, I don't know what's going on here. Here we go. So, good people are back in the house. It's rainy season. I don't know what it is. It's like Belize has a weird concept. It's like if it's raining hard, it's not a go out to dinner night. I've learned that living in this country. Like if it's raining, they're like, oh, it's not a good dinner night. In America, every night's a good dinner night to go out, right? And then also church is like, if it's raining hard, people are like, oh, I don't know. It's like, but we have to know that maybe sometimes the rain is like blessings from God, right? Like kind of interesting to me, this weather, but I'm grateful for it. Grateful for everyone to be back, back in the house and that, um, as we continue, oh, I need to say this. So if you were here for Father's Day, if you were one of the fathers here for Father's Day, on that, we have what we said we had for you are here now. So just see Woody afterwards, and we'll make sure that we get that to you, um, for you for that day. So it's an awesome, awesome deal. And some of you that weren't here, when you see it, you'll go, dang it, man. I'll make a note to not miss next year's Father's Day. For those that were traveling, sorry, the traveling guys, anyhow, it's crazy. It has been crazy times, right? Have you noticed it? It seems like the world is in a little bit of crazier time. Feels like that, right? It feels like it just gets a little bit more crazy and crazy and crazy, but then there's stuff that's going on in the world right now that cracks me up. So cocaine in the White House of the United States, but we can't seem to find it. Who did it? Who brought the cocaine in? The most camera, the most restricted, security restricted place outside of maybe Fort Knox or the Pentagon in the world. And we can't, we have no idea. And then the Secret Service won't do any investigations because they don't want to invade people's personal rights. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yet we'll pump billions. We, we wrote a check. We overwrote a check to Ukraine, America did, for $6.8 billion, which was a mistake. It was an accounting error. This is, this is what's crazy. And so we, at the same time that these things are taking place, other stuff, if you haven't seen it, is, you know, Ukraine's in a total wreck. They keep asking for more and more. They want cluster bombs and all this stuff. But in the meantime, there's all these little things that get hidden behind the media. There's all these little things, and it's a distraction. What happens in our lives, even in, here in Belize, is that what the world wants to do is to get you and me to focus on something that covers the truth. So if, if we can begin to look at something that covered this is crazy. I need one of those big furry Maka's things. If we can look at, if we can get focused on something that's not truth, then we can't make a decision based on truth. We're going to make the best decision that we can make based upon a lie. That's really, that's what's happening in the world. So people are trying to make we're like in this decision, this uh, information overload. But in some cases, we're trying to make right decisions based without truth. There's no truth. And so we make a decision that we think is right. Stay with me. This is deep psychological stuff. So we make a decision that we believe is based on truth that's not truth. And then we look to God and say, I made this truth that I said that I thought was truth that you said is truth. That's not truth. But my life is in disarray still and it's not working out. Right. This is what's happening today. Put your money in a, in a like if you're looking from the global perspective, put your money in a, a 401. Put your, put your money, invest in this, invest in this. Oh, don't do that. Do cryptocurrency. Do this. Do that. And so you're getting only the truth that the investor wants you to have. Right? For instance. And so then you pump it in. Then you go, what happened? Oh, we forgot to tell you. Here's one, for instance, that you can grab onto that just came out. It's funny that they're starting to release this stuff. So your vehicles, the electric vehicles, produce more 
damage to the environment just off of the rubber that when driven, it's 20% more damage to the climate than a gas-powered vehicle. Because of the weight and how fast an electric vehicle can take off, so now they're telling you that what you think, if you're a do-gooder, all you do-gooders out there that say, I'm going to buy an electric vehicle that's good for the, the climate because the media has said so, the government has said so. Now the reports come out to say, <laughs> you're better off driving a gas vehicle because it does less damage to the environment. But I'm making a decision based on truth. They're telling me that if I buy this car, I'm doing the right thing. I'm helping my neighbors. I'm helping the generation, blah, 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 blah. And then you buy the car, which will take you anywhere from 10 to 12 years to pay off because of the weight of the car, right? You get that car, you're in debt, and now that you've been indebted to that car, you figure out that the car isn't helping the environment at all, okay? This is the situation that we're in today when it comes to false teachers. It's what Peter's talking about with false teachers, what's taking place in the Bible, okay? In 2 Peter chapter 2, and I want to continue to hit on this. In 2 Peter chapter 2, Peter starts to begin to speak about, but there were also false prophets in Israel. Just as there will be false teachers among you, they will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Now, we've went over this the last couple times I've taught, but I want to keep, we need to grasp what's taking place here within the church. The word heresy is ahiresis in the, in the Hebrew or in the Greek. And here's what it means. It means to choose. It's denoted making a choice or having an option. Progressing to having a preference because of an opinion or a sentiment, it easily slipped into a mode of disunity, choosing sides, having diversity of belief, creating dissension, and substituting self-willed opinions for submission to the truth. The dominant use in the New Testament is to signify sex, different sects of teaching, people professing opinions independent of the truth. So heresy is what we're seeing in the media today. It's independent of truth, but they're telling you it's the truth, and you're trying to make a decision based on truth, but it's actually heresy that leads us into a deeper heresy in the way we live our lives. And then you see people begin to fight over this. Think about what I'm talking about. There is no such thing as, as climate change. I'm, I'm, if I say that in a group of people, people freak out over that. They freak out. If I say to you, there's no such thing as climate change, people freak. Oh, my God. All the tree huggers in the world will start sending me articles and all this stuff about climate change is real. It's real. It's not real. Climate change is a normal path that we've been on since the earth began. And it's a constant flux throughout history. So technically I can say climate change. Notice that it went from global warming to global cooling because they realized that the average person can figure out what they're talking about is a lie. Because we go through periods of warmth and heat and then cool. And then it goes like this, correct? You guys tracking with me? So now we call it what? Climate change. Well, of course it's changing. It changes last night to today. It was windy and rainy with lots of thunder last night. The climate has changed in the last 12 hours. The issue that we're dealing with is man-made causes. Instead of dealing with climate change, let's talk about Let's seriously talk about the responsibility as you and I, as stewards of God's world. If there's change, it's because we become lazy. Climate change is like this. Now what we are seeing 
that they want to profit from is, in my belief, birth pangs that Jesus and the Word of God has so warned us about. It's always been like this. But now what we're beginning to see when it comes to climate is more drastic bumps. So as it goes like, it goes boom, boom, and it comes back. Boom, boom. What does that look like? It looks like labor pains. When a woman is going give, to give birth to a child, she begins to have these sudden contractions. And then it calms. And then, it, and what does the Bible say about the end of days? The end of days, the earth will begin to give us warning signs that what Jesus talked about is true. That the earth will experience what? Birth pains. That's what we're experiencing. And so, and it's becoming more and more and more. That, it shouldn't be anything that scares us. Anytime, and it comes with biblical, and we're going to talk about it, it's in here. Anytime that you see people, okay, that want to profit off of fear, you know it's a problem. You guys grasp that? Whether it be a government that says, good God, the whole earth is going to hell unless you buy an electric vehicle and put in this green light and the green, all, the green new deal. Like I'm looking in Belize alone and we've got all these electric vehicle things that now you can plug your car. We can't even keep the electric, electricity on for a 24 hour period without using power outages. What's gonna happen when we start plugging these bad boys in? What's gonna happen when all the energy starts sucking into these cars? How are we gonna keep the, it on? At, you can't. So what they're gonna have to do is fire up massive generators like they do in the States that are driven off of diesel fuel and coal, the very thing they want to eliminate, to be able to power and make electricity to charge cars because the grid can't handle it. It's hypocrisy. But what are they telling you? Spend your money, give it. In the, in the 2012 to 15, somewhere around in that point when Obama was in office, they passed the green. Everyone, remember, even in Belize, we're gonna to go to LED light bulbs. You can't, you know, we're gonna take everything out. The White House, the United States of America, the leaders in this stuff, scrapped that deal with the White House, left it on the people, though. They leave it on you and me. But at the White House, they were like, well, it's going to cost us like $3 billion to do this switchover. So if we go all green in the White House, it's going to cost billions and billions of dollars. We're not going to do it. But, hey, your new house? You see what's happening here? It's like pastors that based on fear will preach a gospel message that your salvation is directly based upon what you give. It's heresy. It's false teaching. It's hard. The, the Bible says that they will know we are Christians by our love. What's happening is the church, or I should say organized religion, it's hard to identify followers of Jesus because the church, in some cases, the organized religion part, it's really difficult outside of just talking, it's very difficult to see who is who because we as the church aren't living out what our beliefs really are so that they know who we are and who we're following. You guys tracking? This is hard to swallow, but it's a reality. <clears throat> we wait for others to do it. We want other people to begin to open their mouths and talk instead of us talking. It, 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 we want the pastor to do all the talking. I go to the church where the pastor's vocal about things. I go to the church where the pastor got arrested. That pastor in Canada that spoke out during the COVID time that was arrested for it. Why wasn't there 500 of his flock there being arrested with him? It's a reality, it's a truth. It's because, in my belief, is we, we're caught up into the system. And we're caught up in the system of this world. And what the world is teaching. And we're, and we're trying to make decisions. It's okay to be a Christian, but it's not okay to be a terrorist. 
I want you to think about that for a second. Because if you believe in Jesus, who are you now according to the government? A terrorist. Unless you're a Christian the way they tell you to be a Christian. If I speak out against the LGBTQ community and how wrong it is and that lifestyle is anti-Bible, what am I? I'm an enemy of the state. And an enemy of the state is a terrorist. But if I stand up here as a pastor and say, everyone's going to heaven, it doesn't matter, he loves them, partial truth, then they'll leave me alone. It's, It's the world we're living in. And it's not something that is new. Peter is warning us about it. The heresy, it's a choice. Heresy is a choice. This is why you'll hear me every week tell you, know the word, know the word, know the word, know the word. Know who Jesus is. Listen, when Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, most people don't even understand that. Growing up, I was taught, you know, a yoke, like a yoke of oxen. They put this heavy thing on you. And then when I saw that, I went, oh, my gosh, as a kid, even as a kid, not knowing anything, I was terrified of the yoke. Jesus terrified me because why? He's going to put something on me that he says is easy. But if you've ever seen a yoke on an oxen, it ain't easy, man. It's this big clunk of wood with a hole in it and they put it around his neck and it's heavy and they tie chains to it and rope and if they want him to go left and right, they yank on it and the pressure of that piece of wood moving moves him. Well, what we didn't know and what we should know today is what? That a yoke, a yoke is directional teaching. That's what it means in the Hebrew. A yoke is teaching. So now when you hear that and you go, Jesus says, my yoke is easy. The direction that I teach is easy and the burden is light. Because he is the burden of it. Because he is the only answer for the burden that's on your heart for the lost. So the direction is for us to open our mouths and preach open our mouths and talk about the goodness of Jesus Christ, that you can know Papa. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It doesn't get easier than that. You go, what are you talking about? It's hard if I say something. Dude, he went to the cross for that. The burden was all his. He bore it for us. And this is what's happening. Remember that this this heresy is a decision to either speak or not speak. It's like what I talked about two weeks ago with Jonah. You've heard the story. It's a type of Christ. I think it's deeper than it's a type of Christ. I believe the story of Jonah actually fits what the world is doing today. That we, the church, are Jonah. And God's telling us to go out and speak. And it's not necessarily that we're running from God. It says that he went in an opposite direction. But it's not really talking about going in the opposite direction. What is the problem with Jonah? Why did he get swallowed by a well? Because he would not speak. It wasn't necessarily running in the other way. It was that he wouldn't open his mouth because God told him to go to Nineveh and tell the king and the people how good I am. And without me, destruction is coming. You guys tracking? And so then he went the opposite direction saying, I will be silent. And it wasn't until he was swallowed by the great fish that in Jonah chapter 2, when you read the prayer that he says, you've been good to me, I've been swamped up, blah, blah, I will open my mouth, I'm going to talk. Boom, it spits him out and he goes into Nineveh and the entire city is saved. Because he opened his mouth and he spoke of the goodness of God. We live in a world right now where truth, where people have to have truth to make a decision. I watch pastors today that are insane to me. Well, let's just read about it. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. The pastors in Atlanta that are preaching that homosexuality is okay. 
that we have a misconception of, the, of what the gospel is, that abortion is okay. Yeah, one of the fastest churches in America is a pastor who believes in homosexuality and says abortion is a choice and you don't understand who God is. And if you try to say that abortion is a sin, you don't know God. He's got a mega church. And the truth is being slandered. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get hold of your money. It's amazing. I listen to these pastors. <clears throat> if you send me $100, I'll send you something, and then you'll be blessed when you have it. Do I believe that God can heal and do stuff through? Yeah, absolutely. God's the God of anything. But when I start putting money tags on something, like I won't bless you unless you give me money, it goes against what Peter and John said at the Temple Mount when they said what? Silver and gold I have not, but I do have Jesus to give you. If you're motivated to give because you want to sow, then you, you're motivated to give unto the Lord. But these false teachers are saying all this stuff, if you give this, he'll give you that. Well, we've seen that he does bless those who are, are cheerful in giving, but it doesn't mean it's gonna happen how you say it's gonna happen. It's up to him. Watch this. But God condemned them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed. It's very scary. Even as a pastor, I read this stuff, even this morning, I'm in there just praying like, God, man, I, Lord, I, I don't have this figured out. And yet you've asked me to teach, but I don't have this life figured out. I just want to preach you, just you, Jesus, just you. I don't want to teach a system. I don't want to teach a program. Jesus, I want to teach you, just you, for you are the way. You are the life. You are the answer to my fears. You are the answer to my sorrows. You are the giver of my joy and my hope. You are everything to me. And I must rely upon you in everything that I do, and especially when I don't know what's going on. I must remember that when I can't see the finger of God moving in my life, that I trust the heart of God for me. That his heart is for me. And I must hold on to that. Because there will be times when you won't see the finger of God. All of you, have you been in the room where you just feel like, I can't even feel God moving? Then at that moment, you must trust that his heart and his word and hold on to it that it's for you. And it's throughout the word. And the only way you're going to get it and hold on to that is here. There's teachers and false teachers. Man, when you start studying this, it's crazy. I'm studying false teachers. False, the list, every, it, there is not one pastor, famous pastor globally today that we know of that isn't a false teacher, according to everyone on the internet. I'm looking, it depends on where you're at in scripture. <laughs> like what, are you Baptist? A Baptist will believe everyone in the, in the uh, charismatic movement is false teaching. If you're in the charismatic movement, everyone on the conservative side are all legalists. It, um, I was reading the list today going, who, who is seriously not on these lists? Right? And then we have all these different teachings that people are holding on to. I believe one of the greatest prophetic truth songs that has ever been written is out, which I listen to all the time, and it's called Giants. But the verbiage goes like this. All I need is a memory like a stone in the sling. All I need is a memory because the memory of you, of David, putting the stone in the sling, he slayed a giant. Lord, all I need is the memory of how good you've been to me in the past and I'll conquer this thing here. But we spend so much time praying for a miracle that it's so funny to me, those who say you're miracle chasers, you got signs and wonders, signs and wonders are the very people begging God for a miracle. You see what I'm saying? And for all of us that believe in the signs and wonders, we want to see more signs and wonders. No, start asking him for a memory. 
Because if you're, if you're looking for a sign and wonder, it's entertainment. It's tracking. But if you honestly need that miracle, then give me the memory. I heard an author say one time that he loves mornings and he loves sunsets. And every time he sees the sun crest the horizon, he says, do it again. He says, it's like that old lollipop commercial back, you guys won't remember it, back, back when I was a kid, it was a lollipop, a Tootsie Pop commercial. And they would lick it and lick it and lick it and then they'd eat it and they'd go, do it again. And they'd hand them another lollipop. The point is this author was saying that he loves God because the morning and the sunsets remind him of, he gets to say as, as, the, as the sun sets and disappears, he says, do it again, Papa. Do it again. And he gets up the next morning and he sees it crest and he goes, ah, I remember what yesterday looked like. Do it again. And then he sees it. It's a memory of a miracle. And then we're constantly moving forward knowing that the next obstacle God will bring down for you. Why? Because you have faith. Faith without works is what? Dead. Think about this for a moment, how the Bible scripturally fits everything together. What does God want us to do? Works, but works for salvation? No, works from faith to conquer giants. When we don't do the work, Lord, give me a memory. I'm going to partner with you. I want to keep moving forward in this. I got faith. Why? Because I have a memory of a stone in a sling. What's your memory? This will keep you grounded in truth. Not getting all off. Lord, I need it. I know that there's a miracle that's needed, but God, I need the faith to know that the miracle's coming. I want to have faith. And so in my faith, because I know from a memory, I will continue to drive forward in my life in what you've called me to drive forward in. Faith without works is dead. So Lord, I don't want my faith to be dead. You have given me victories and miracles already that will build my faith to drive on and continue in this work. I've shared this with you before. People want miracles and they want to see used by God, but they're afraid to get off their couch. The proverb speaks all the time of, of, oh, let's go out. No, there might be a lion or a bear out there. Might eat us. Yeah, it very well could eat you. Could. But you don't know that. It's an excuse. For those of you that were up at the prayer thing, that took the risk to go up last week and pray for, I don't know how many days, over a week, guys leading it up, miracles took place there. Miracles. Miracles. People that were on the island looking for churches on the mainland, and there's churches on the island from the mainland. People being healed. It's insane. It's the most insane thing ever. Those should, be, those should be stones in your sling so that next time something takes place, you're ready to get in the fight because you're saying, Lord, my faith, my faith, my faith is driven by the memories of your faithfulness to me, your goodness to me, all right? Such a beautiful, beautiful song. I feel like we should play it. I don't know if they have it back there. Do you guys have that song? Hmm? Woody knows what song it is. You got your phone? It's. You guys don't know? You guys are crazy. Mercy culture. So it's the song Giant. Mercy culture giant. You guys need to hear that this morning. Keeps us grounded in truth because what Peter's talking about, let me know when you got it. He's talking about these false teachers. False teachers. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell. 
in gloomy pits of darkness where they were being held until the day of judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and his seven others in his family. Noah war warned the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people in a vast flood. What I hear in teaching today in a lot of cases is people will begin to talk about how God is either righteous or he's just all loving. The God that I know of the Bible is righteous and he's filled with justice and he is all loving. And that is fearful. It's fearful. Why? Why is it fearful? Because he's perfect in every way. And we cannot comprehend what righteous judgment looks like. And he will pour out his wrath. And he did, except for those who are on the ark. Why? Oh, there was people that were good people there. There was people on, during the time of the, make no mistake about it, there was people that had this statement, me no watch no face, you know. Me no watch no face. I just do my leaf farm, you know. Me don't worry about what they do in PG town. Me don't know, me don't care what they do. I don't, I'm a good people, I take care of my family, you know. What about God? Me don't need no God, I take care of my thing. Me don't watch no face, left me alone, pastor. Those people were caught up and drowned in the flood. What was Noah doing when God told him? What did he tell him? Build an ark. And then what did he, what did he do? What did he tell him to do? Think about this. You need to grasp this truth. What did he tell Noah to do? Preach. <laughs> tell people why. God's heart is for all to come to know him. It wasn't just build the ark. People are stopping by and mocking him. Why are they mocking him? Because he's making this, straight, this crazy statement of the God that created everything is going to open up the heavens. Up to that, that time, they've never seen rain. All they would see is dew and the water came from the ground. You see what I'm saying? So all of a sudden, he starts saying the earth, it's, the heavens are going to open up and it's going to have rain, the God. And, but the, here's how you avoid it. I'm building this place here. And if you put your trust in Jesus or in God Almighty, you'll be saved. Ah, you're a fool. How many people were waiting in the water? Because of their foolishness. They speak about it. Speak about it. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. False teachers will condone ungodly lifestyles. Or they will force you into systems like the religious so that they can have control. And people will fall into that trap because they don't know the word. They don't look at the wholeness and the completeness of it. Watch this. But God also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. He especially is hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desire and who despise authority. Look, Lot was jacked up. Lot was a jacked up dude, but he was struggling with the immorality and everything that was taking place around him. But he's jacked up. That dude was making decisions that make you go, what in the world? But there was something in him that goes back to the truth. All I need is a memory. Is I too was jacked up like Lot, struggling with belief. And God, and the Bible says that only God knows what? the heart of man. You can look at a man and go, that guy's going to heaven. And that dude's got the fast track ticket to hell. And you can look at a guy who's struggling with his life. Maybe he's self-medicating for some pain that he cannot get over. And God says, he's got a fast track to me because he reaches out to me. He's not condoning the sin. 
but there's a struggle in it. Me, my personal opinion, this is where I know, Lord, man, I, I cannot judge. Because when I look at Lot's life, I would think Lot was going to hell. Until you read the whole Bible. Man, he was going to give his daughters up. His wife doesn't even have her name. That's all a reflection of him. Yet God says, no, he's a righteous man. Oh, because I don't know, just like you don't know, what everyone else's closet conversations with God is. What we sit and struggle with. God, what are we doing? What's the life plan? I don't get it. I struggle with it. Oh, so much. Even more lately, how can this happen? Why do we write laws with loopholes in them that allow criminals off? Who elected these people? And for what? So that more harm? You want to hear something? Travis, this is travesty. Has nothing to do with Belize, kind of. 84,000 children that have crossed the border legally put into United States government foster homes, they don't know where they're at. 84,000. Oops. Lost them. Seems to me that there's some higher up people involved in the profit of human trafficking. By God, the loophole's big. I struggle with it. And if you were to walk in on some of the conversations that I'm having with the Lord, you'd probably say, how can he be a pastor? Honestly. But God knows what's going on here. And the same in your life. That's why it's so important to be in that deep, relationship with him knowing the truth knowing the word and saying god i am hopeless without you without you there is no hope jesus help me i can't just live this way and continue to live in sin god you've got to help me find a way out he goes on these people are proud and arrogant daring even to scoff at supernatural beings without so much as trembling laugh at miracles. Pastors do. I crack it. If you want to go across the board, I know pastors right now will tell you, the gifts are not for today. They passed away with the apostles. Huh, that's interesting because the book of Acts is a continuation of the New Testament church, which means that just because those guys died during that time, it couldn't have died with them because Jesus said that all this that you've seen, you, uh, that you see me do, you will do. And what did he do? He spoke in tongues. He performed miracles. He did all the gifts. And then they scoff at those who practice the gifts. Come to our church while we build a mega building. You can be part of a legacy. We all want excellence, guys. But you got to know the method of what they're doing to trap us. Yeah, build it. Build it. We want to do it here. But you got to keep Jesus first. Because there'll be times that he'll say, stop that project for a moment while we divert it to this. Now come back at the direction of his Holy Spirit. There are those who will teach that honestly, in our world today, the Father, the Son, and the Bible. It is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible. Yes, it is. It's just not the word Trinity. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost is mentioned all the time. And each with his own distinct power and personality 
and each as one with each other. Yeah, of course we can't figure it out. Why? Quit trying to. You're not God. And it cracks me up. People go, they're like an egg. I have scoffed at that from the time I was a kid. I'm not the sharpest tack in the whole box, but I'll tell you, I'll go, oh, the Trinity is like ice, like water, steam, and ice. What? That's the dumbest thing in the, what? The same thing. What? They're like an egg, the shell, the white, and the yolk. That is the dumbest thing. No, God is God. There's nothing that he can be compared to. That's what you get when you read the Bible and you stand in awe and gratefulness to be called a child of his. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knit you in your mother's womb. He knows you. That's you. It's your destiny. It's in here. You were created for great things. But they scoff at this. The angels who are far greater in power and strength do not dare to bring from the Lord a charge of blasphemy against these supernatural beings. Want to grasp that for a second? <laughs> Peter says, whoa, man, none of these angels will ever bring a God's created the supernatural as blasphemy, miracles or anything. Uh-uh. Even the demonic. Why? God has no tolerance for it. I'm so grateful for the Lord. You should be grateful for him and his loving kindness. Think about this for a second. How many of you, uh, the president, Abraham Lincoln, used to write letters to families of, or to generals or something when he needed to uh, address an issue with them. Then he would take that letter and he would put it in a file. It says a lot of times he would write three different letters over three different days and the majority of the letters he never sent because he wanted time to think about it because they were very harsh in nature. Now I want you to think about this. God's thoughts for us. God is so powerful that he can think things into existence and yet he has no ill thoughts about you. We as men can write a letter and go, ah, now it's not the prudent time. Thinking about it, I better not say it. Can you imagine if God thought about it? See what I'm saying? If God went, poof, where'd he go? I don't know. I don't know where he went. I just heard a scream. Oops, God had a bad thought. Watch this. These false teachers are like unthinking animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed. Think about what Peter's saying here. They're born to be caught and destroyed. How do we catch them? With the truth. Catch them with the truth. They scoff at things they do not understand. Their destruction is their reward and the harm they have done. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. They are disgrace and stain among you. That group at Dodger Stadium, those, I don't even know who, it's an LGBT2 community that they dress up like nuns and they have sexual acts on the cross. They do this in public and people applaud them. Good for you, you're expressing who you are. Frig you. You see what's happening here? And if you open your mouth against them, what are you? A bigot. You are a Christian. You have no love. You're hate-filled. I don't want to serve a God that you serve. Huh. Then you don't know true love. Simple things. You can't tell your wife and daughter how to dress. Yes, I can. It's my job as a husband and a father to look at them and go, hey, uh, are you going to wear that out? Yeah. Mm. You're the most beautiful creature I've ever seen, and I don't think that you should wear that out. 
you're too valuable and too beautiful to wear something that revealing. That is not for the world to see. Oh, you're controlling. Hey, can you wear a shirt under that? How dare you be able to do that? You're just like one of those Christian dudes. Yep. Just like a follower of Jesus that protects women and children from the evil people that try to sneak a peek. I don't know a lady in this room, honestly, if I sat and talked to you that would actually, deep down you may argue with me because you bought into the lies of the world, but most of you want a husband that would tell you that. Most of you want to be married to someone that would look at your daughter and say, uh-uh, we're not letting her wear that. It's too revealing. I'm not talking about clothing up, you know, ankle, I'm, but you know what I'm talking about. And that ain't happening today, not on my watch. Why? Because I'll beat the holy crap out of some dude. You know, even this week, with people, several times, I look at somebody and go, hey, what are you looking at? The young girl walks by and some dude takes a look. I look at him and go, what are you looking at? Eyes here, buddy. Eyes here. Chub boy. You chub me again. Eyes here. Somebody's daughter. Somebody's wife. What are you looking at? Watch this. They are a disgrace and a stain among you. The Bible's not politically correct and it's not woke. What it says about false teachers is that. What does it say? They are a stain. They're like a stain on a beautiful garment. And what do you do with that garment? You either try to wash it, but if you can't remove the stain, what do you do? You burn it. You throw it out. Harsh. They delight in deception. Even as they eat with you in your fellowship meals, they commit adultery with their eyes and their desire for sin is never satisfied. They lure unstable people into sin and they are well trained in greed. Look at our world today. They live under God's curse. They have wandered off the right road and followed the footsteps of Balaam, the son of Boar, who loved to earn money by doing wrong. And Balaam was stopped from his mad course when his donkey rebuked him with a human voice. <laughs> That'd have been fun to see, right? Sitting there with an animal and the animal looks at you and goes, hey, you're an idiot. These people are useless as dried up springs or a mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed to blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty foolish boasting with an appeal to twisted sexual desires. They lure uh, back into sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. Think about this. There's pastors today that are prescribing with the world, sending guys to psychologists that prescribe pornography to fix marriages. This is real. This is real. With an appeal, they go on. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves to sin and corruption. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. That which you think about the most, guys, is that which you worship. The thing that you think about the most is the thing that you worship. That's a reality. May our thoughts always be about Jesus. Jesus. Right? And when people escape from wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. It would be better if they had never known the way of righteousness than to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life. They prove the truth of this proverb. A dog returns to its vomit and another says a washed pig returns to the mud. Once saved, always saved. I don't believe in that. I also don't believe in the Nazarene teaching. But I do believe that you can walk away from your salvation. I do believe that you can reject it. 
me saying an emotional word of, hey, God, forgive me of my sins, and then continuing to have an affair on my wife, continuing to thief from people, continuing to live that type of life is a rejection of salvation. It's a rejection of Jesus Christ. So therefore, I'm, I'm willfully rejecting salvation. But I also hold on to the truth of John 10.10. 10. It says, when you're in my Father's hand, when you're in my hand, you are protected. But when you're in my Father's hand, it's a double grasping that the enemy cannot take your soul. But what are you doing? You're willingly letting yourself be in the grasp of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Even in your imperfection, he is washing your sins away. Why? Because you are pursuing him by faith. Did you grab that song? I want, to listen, I want to close today by listening to this song. I, I believe we're in a moment when we need to know this song. And you got to listen. It's a long song. I'm done a little early. I want you to listen to this. I want you to pray. But listen to the words. Because each of you right now are going to be faced with giants, decisions that you have to make. Our world is, it is going like this. And it could be 50 years from now. But I'm going to tell you right now, you better start preparing your kids so that your kids can prepare your grandkids. But we're in the beginning of it like never before. I shared that at the beginning of this year. I've never really taught end times prophecy. My family will tell you I've always been like, eh, I know it's there. I'll talk a little about the coming of Jesus. Man, the beginning of this year, I went, holy cow. Like, seriously, I'm not going to sit here and go, that's the Antichrist. That's the Antichrist. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't believe we're in that point. But boy, we're seeing birth pains. The, how it's going like this. We're seeing the corruption of the church. That isn't really the church. It's what the world says the church is. But we're seeing a remnant of followers of Jesus that are going after it. That's what God wants us to be. Modern day Jonas that go into an evil city like Nineveh and that whole city comes to know him. Amen? Let's listen to this song. Good. 
say that he says, that she says in this, this is what each of us need to hold on to. She says, all I need is a memory, like a stone in the sling of a victory of when you fought for me. The key to it is that when you fought for me, we forget that God is never not fighting for us. So why then do we give up? Lord, give me a memory of the victory. I just need a memory of the victory because the victory proves you fight for me. And down goes the lion, down goes the bear, down goes the giant in your life. And the false teachers wanna teach you differently than that. They're asking you to not hold on to the memories of the faithfulness and the goodness. They're asking you to forget about the cross. The cross is the ultimate victory. It's the ultimate stone in a sling where God in heaven gave his son to die upon a cross to become sin for you and I so that in our belief and confession of our sins, we then can become a child of the living God forgiven to go out and do what the Father does. Whether you like this or not, the Lord is a warrior and Yahweh, Yahweh is his name and we are in a war. We are in a global war for souls. And we sit back with our mouths shut looking at evil conquer while we sit in comfort and complain and then sit on the couch and say, God, give me a miracle. You want to see the miracle? Then start picking up stones. What's the giant in your life? Then start picking up stones. Maybe, maybe you don't have a stone yet. Maybe you need to kill a lion or a bear. The Bible says that David did it with a staff and his bare hands. Here's the deal. Here's what you're afraid of because the world doesn't want you to. This is what this is the bull crap psychological warfare that I, I began with that you're in, guys, as a church, as I'm in. That we believe that we'll never experience pain or get hurt if we get in the fight. You've heard me say this before. Why did David pick Benaiah to be the chief of his bodyguard? Why? David doesn't need a bodyguard. David's a captain. He's one of the baddest warriors ever in the Bible. Benaiah is a chief. He's a captain. One of the baddest dudes in the Bible. Why would David pick him? Because like David, Benaiah went into a cave and fought a lion on a snowy day. And you don't fight a lion without getting bit and scratched. Benaiah came out of the cave wounded, but dragging the carcass of a lion. David took sheep out of the mouths of lions to protect his father's flock. He would have been a young man that was scarred, right? David picked Benaiah because David fought a giant and killed a giant. And the Bible tells us that Benaiah killed an Egyptian giant that stood over seven feet tall. You bear the scars of it. David, on a single day of battle with Eleazar, killed 600 men in a barley field. Benaiah, in a day of battle, killed two champions of Moab. Champions are able to kill 50 to 100 men in a single day of battle. David chose him because when he looked at Benaiah, you have the mind of me. You bear the scars I bear. You will not be silent. church we as followers need to rise up 
The Lord is a warrior and Yahweh is his name. And we need to stand up against evil. In the first way, you may not be able to do it the way we do it, but we, we all have the same way to do it. And that's to open our mouths and proclaim the truth, even if you get mocked. Oh, I'll take your job from you. Okay, good. God will give me another job. Or he'll feed me by the ravens or something. He did it in the Bible. All I need is a memory of a victory where you fought for me. I know we'll have food. You know, I know I will have food because when I had no food, I would get home and there would be bags of food. I don't know where they came from, but God put it on someone's heart to give us food. All I need is a memory because I know there'll be more miracles to come. Church, we need to rise up. We need to start talking. And it's not about church. It's about the victory of Jesus Christ in your life and in the lives of others. And you need to start talking to politicians and telling them, no, no, no. That's not what the Bible says. In our public schools, no, we will not teach that. No. Well, we're going to fire you. Good. Enough. It's time for the church to take her rightful place as the, the bride and become children of the living God that will fight for the truth. Listen, you little Jonas. Listen, you little John the Baptists. You little Noahs. You little Benaiahs. You little Esthers. You little Deborahs. You talk about how great they were and oh, how God would use you like that. But you're petrified for him to use you in that way. Well, then maybe you better start praying for the courage that God gave Benaiah, that he gave David. Pray for this prayer. Ask God to give you the courage that he gave his son to carry your cross. And then you'll open your mouth. Amen? Love you guys. Out from the jungle.